0: Reporting from the future, chur, chur, chur. The year is 2021. Everything has changed. The coronavirus has been stopped in its tracks. Racism is gone. Wealth inequality non-existent. We're all stinking rich. But one thing that hasn't changed is that Dead and Lovely is still the absolute greatest horror movie podcast in this multiverse, or the goddamn next, and it is still being hosted by your best buds in all the land. It's me, your good buddy Uncle Ben.
1: And me, Hollywood Steve, though we did consider a heel turn this year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did consider that, yeah. How was your New Year's, Steve? It was fun. Yeah? You know, hung out with the the wife. Uh, it was a fun time. We had uh, we had the old screaming chat on New mm. Year's Day, mm-hmm. which was a fun time. We watched... Uh, bloody new year never seen that (laughs) don't watch it okay (laughs) don't waste your time (laughs) that settles out yeah it was boring it was very boring that's
0: too bad because that
1: should be a fun one man you would think so it was odd though it you know what honestly it had (laughs) we kind of came to the conclusion that it has to be the inspiration for lost so it does have value <laughs> in that sense. Huh, so okay, So check out right. Bloody New Year if you want to know where Lost came from.
0: Okay, that is a connection I did not expect you to make. Uh, I look forward <laughs> to finding out about that one. Yeah. yeah we we did nothing, man. We uh, basically just stayed home, and Kate actually had a ripping migraine that day.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Yeah, so she was kind of down for the count most of the day. She uh, managed to creep out of the bedroom there in time to... Sip some champagne at midnight while we watched today's movie of choice, Arachnophobia, which we'll get to after we catch up and chit-chat and all that kind of stuff. If you're too cool for school and want to get straight to the movie review, there's a timestamp for you, Busta. It's in the podcast description. Yeah, we don't want Go. you to hang out with us
1: anyway. But enjoy the rest of the episode.
0: If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Okay? That's true
1: make yeah. it last forever friendship yeah. never ends uh-huh that's what they like say like the spice girls
0: yeah that's true that is very true they're still with us right I think mm-hmm, so. they're all yeah.
1: still kicking it together i think that's right man
0: But yeah, we just basically stayed in and sipped a little champagne, and that's about it. It was a pretty casual way to spend New Year's, but you know me, man. I don't really get stoked about being like, wow, a new year. I don't really do that anyway.
1: We didn't really do anything special at all, except Mm. drink.
0: But I will tell you what, my New Year's did kick off with a funny that I'm already trying to make a regular part of my thinking and vocabulary, because the other morning, uh, Kate was walking the dog. And she took the dog out and, you know, she, yeah, she comes back and I always ask, like, you know, if the dog behaved and stuff like that. And she's telling me some story about how they ran into some other dog. And she, in describing this other dog, referred to it as a man, I mean, male dog. And really, I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. Did you just call that dog a man? <laughs> <laughs> and it really got really fucking good to me to think about referring to... <laughs> A dog as a man or a yes, woman. Or a woman. <laughs> you know, because the thing is, is like you can call... <laughs> Who's this
1: dude you <laughs> yeah, say about <laughs> it it this guy?
0: But the <laughs> thing is, is like you can call it a boy dog or a girl dog. You can call it a male or female. But for some right. reason, the line is drawn when you say man mm-hmm. or woman. It's like you mean a uh-huh. human, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's just an odd line to cross from me. So I think from here on out, like anytime I'm walking Zora, people mistake her for like a male dog all the time. I don't know why. I guess because she's big or whatever. She's big, yeah. I think I'm just gonna hard correct him and be like, no, 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 she's a woman. This dog's a woman. Excuse me, this is a woman. (laughs) Um, excuse me, this dog is a man. I have a man dog. (laughs) You will refer to it as such. Man dog. Man dog. So this has become something that that. I've I've picked up from my vocabulary for the year already. And now, so can you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what else I did, though, man. On that that day where we were just kind of chilling on New Year's Eve and Kate was recovering from a, a migraine and stuff, I did watch the best movie of 2020, without a doubt.
1: Okay. What was it?
0: Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. The best movie I saw all year.
1: That just came out recently, or is, is this... No,
0: but it is one... the best movie of 2020. I mean... Oh,
1: uh, it was still a movie in 2020.
0: Yeah, so it was the best one. Hmm, That's okay. how that works, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Myth busted. <laughs> Topping best of lists in 2020, uh-huh. Monty Python in the Holy Grail.
0: It makes sense, and I think it kind of stays on brand for just how absurd the entire thing is. It had been like years since I watched it, watched it. Like, it's one of those that like you have yeah, on all the time... Mm-hmm. But uh I was doing some ellipting. I was ellipting on the elliptical right, okay and I just put that thing on a watch through it, and it is just still so goddamn fucking funny. I think that is one of the most ridiculous, fantastic movies ever. Oh, yeah. made. I
1: remember the first time I saw it. I think it was like six or seven, and we were watching it at my aunt and uncle's house and
2: mm-hmm.
1: just dying laughing at the uh the night uh the black knight oh yeah (laughs) really just like some of you know a lot of it's over your head when you're real little but Mm -hmm. like it's it's silly it it like definitely hits the the kid silly funny area
0: oh yeah yeah it's the most just random like anything goes at any time for any reason like just destroys the fourth wall through the entire movie absolutely (laughs) fucking genius man but i also did watch one of the best movies probably the best movie that was released in 2020
1: okay what was it
0: i'm talking about soul by pixar Uh, which was fucking incredible have you watched it? i hear
1: this i have not watched it yet i i do want to watch it but I also don't, I don't know if I'm ready for it.
0: Okay, here's the thing. Okay, knowing that it's like a newer Pixar movie, I was kind of like, I don't know. Do I feel like crying tonight yeah, whenever I started exactly. it?
1: <laughs> it's just been like I've got I've got a lot going on right now. Can I get into this? So can I?
0: Yeah, actually, like honestly, there's there's a lot of stuff in there that. Um, it's just more about like finding your purpose in life and stuff and the meaning of, of life and finding happiness and stuff. It didn't really gut punch me too bad, honestly. Uh, but it just really makes you think and really approaches things in a neat way. And has, of course, obviously, because picks Pixar, incredible animation and ideas and stuff expressed through the styles of animation and everything. I really think that you would like it a lot, as well as the the short that went along with it, Burrow fucking adorable it was fantastic okay. man
1: awesome yeah I'm, I'm definitely interested in it
0: yeah definitely watch soul whenever you get a chance man i'll check it out it was
1: really wonderful so i uh did watch something on disney plus recently rather than that which was earth to ned which earth is never gonna get serious i don't know yeah, what so that i is. mentioned it before earth to yeah. ned it's a jim hansen um, muppet type of thing Uh, it's an alien talk show i've described it before so people with regular memories will be like yes 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 we've heard this (laughs) (laughs) not me they had new episodes come out this just uh a couple days ago so i'm watching that but uh i that was like the debate with me was going to disney plus like do i want to do i want to get into this pixar movie or just i know this is going to be silly fun Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go silly fun as I said
0: on the last episode, when we recounted our top five horror movies of the year, I didn't really watch that many new things in 2020, but I know there's some good stuff that come out, you know? So that inspired us to also go on the Netflix and check out another movie that was very highly praised in 2020, which is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: Holy moly. Have you watched Chadwick it?
1: Bozeman's Chadwick Boseman's last movie, right? yeah. Uh-huh. and dude I it.
0: it's fucking incredible it is okay. really 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 amazing and Chadwick Boseman golly man I mean you'll be just blown the fuck away by his performance there were multiple okay. parts in this movie especially this one particular like monologue that he has I mean my fucking hairs were standing on end unbelievable like unbelievable it makes it all the more tragic that of course you know we lost him and stuff yeah oh man alive he was amazing and Viola davis in it fucking incredible everybody in it is incredible man it's an adaptation of a of a play and it very much feels like it where it's like long scenes in one room you know what i mean so it feels like a play Mm -hmm. so keep that in mind maybe if you're going into it wanting something more cinematic it might not be what you're expecting
1: if you listen on headphones do you hear like every once in a while somebody like (coughs) Like somebody unwrapping a lozenge or something. Exactly, yep. And like
0: like coughing and farting at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Several times throughout. Several times. (laughs) Yeah, it really recreates the theater experience in the year that none of us could go to the theater. That's what they were (laughs) shooting for. That's awesome. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, really good. Definitely recommend watching that. And, you know, I also watched a couple of other things I want to tell you about because I think after seeing Soul and after seeing that, I was like, you know what? While we're on a streak of watching real good things, how about we watch a real good thing that I ain't never seen before? I'm talking about a Dr.
1: Strangelove by Stan Oh, you finally Kubrick. watched Dr. Love. Finally watched it last night, dude. Wow. Emily is going to be so happy to hear this. She. Oh, yeah. Is that like one of her faves? Yeah. And she she has been livid that you haven't seen it. And has several times been like, should we just like drop it off at their place or something?
0: (laughs) Well, now, you know, again, 2021, everything changed. Now she doesn't have to be mad at me anymore. Right. Everything's different. (laughs) Dude, it was amazing. And it was so not what I was expecting. It's silly.
1: Yeah, it's very very silly. I but like, in a serious man, it's like presented in such a serious manner that the silliness is like so so absurd. Like, oh I, yeah, I love it. It's it's, I mean, it's hard to say it's one of Kubrick's best because that's they're all true the of best. so many. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're not all, but they're. I don't know, man. I need to rewatch all the Kubrick movies because I know that. uh. I didn't get Eyes Wide Shut when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since.
0: Dude, watch it again. We watched that last year, and holy fuck, it's awesome, man.
1: It doesn't make sense when you're 17, I don't think. No, because I remember back then whenever (laughs) I
0: watched it, I also totally didn't get it. Now you go back and watch it, you're going to fucking get into it, I assure you. Yeah, okay. It's really good. In, In my mind, it's almost kind of... And correct me if I'm wrong here, I thought it was kind of Coen Brothers-y in a way that, like you said, it's got these characters that are taking it seriously, but it's stupid at the same time? It's a
1: definite inspiration to Coen Brothers. Like, you you can definitely see a through line into their, their work, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. And the very obvious parallels between the Cold War between the U.S. and Russia literally being a dick-sizing contest. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It is expressed so fucking hilariously and so clever in that movie uh i really really enjoyed it. also it's it's tidy it's like 90 minutes
1: yeah yeah it's not too long at all yeah and it, it's uh yeah it, and it never feels long it never Mm-mm. overstays its welcome each scene is just a new like okay what is this now yeah is he gonna <laughs> talk about his seed
0: <laughs> yeah his fluids my body fluids <laughs> yeah <laughs> god dude yeah i really enjoyed it and again it just makes it all the more unbelievable when you think about the scope of what Kubrick did where it's like he can do horror better than anybody he did Mm. one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever (laughs) he also made one of the greatest comedies in 1964 an anti-war
1: comedy yeah
0: yeah, man really really awesome so I definitely enjoyed it and it does kind of make me want to go down that Kubrick rabbit hole because I've not seen 2001 since I was probably in my early teens dude
1: very long That's i mean I heard, it's, yeah. it's an art movie but it does have a narrative i mean there's definitely the narrative there and, and stuff but the, there's a lot of just interpreting yeah basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and if if you're into that i i like the most recent time i watched it i was like oh i like this way more now cool uh i i even liked it as a teen but like now, as an adult, I can really appreciate a lot of what's going on there. But again, it's it's not like a date movie.
0: Okay, run right on. Not unless you like really long dates.
1: Right. <laughs> and and <laughs> dates in which you both are like, huh? Huh? What was that? Yeah. Do you want to get a Chinese?
0: This? What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> but yeah, I've never seen like Barry Lyndon. I've never seen Lolita. There's still a bunch that I need to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth checking out day he also uh directed spartacus or he came in and finished spartacus or started spartacus I, I can't remember how that went
0: yeah he's got a bunch of really early movies that i've never seen either mm-hmm. so more stuff to check out and continue my cinematic education also the other thing that we watched this week that was uh hilarious and fantastic and definitely sort of you know, maybe take some of the some of the stinger out of twenty twenty that I thought was very funny and very well put together and very fairly bashed everybody from all different aspects. Is <laughs> that death of twenty twenty on Netflix? Have you watched this?
1: No, I, I You hear need to it's watch good. it. You need you to watch, watch it. it. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's real fucking funny, man. Uh and again, it's it's kind of South Parky in the way that it just bashes everybody like nobody's really safe from uh, being mocked on that thing really good i definitely enjoyed it
1: i've watched a lot of stuff ben i've watched a whole lot and i basically was because we just last week did our best of 2020 and i thought of like all the movies i missed in 2020 and how like i know that best of probably isn't reflective of all the best movies of 2020 so I tried to watch some more movies from last year. All right. Um, I watched blood quantum. I don't know
0: that one. What is that?
1: It's uh, on shutter. It's a, um, it's a, it's a zombie apocalypse thing where the only people who are immune to the zombie virus are natives in like, uh, I think it's in Canada, but, uh, uh, a native tribe that is just completely immune to it and uh it's interesting it's it's got a lot of like cool stuff it reminded me kind of, of walking dead um i don't i it has like both elements of like just a zombie outbreak movie where like the movie is the zombie outbreak happening mm-hmm. like that's like the first half of it but then the second half of it is like cut to later where now it's a a full-blown apocalypse. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it gives you, like, both elements of that. So that's interesting, and it's it's got some cool stuff and some really good imagery. Nice. I also watched Spiral, Spiral. which uh, is on Shudder as well. It is um, about a gay couple in 1984 that move into a town, and there is some... uh, Fuckery. Fuckery. A dark past and some fuckery and uh, some things get revealed etc blah 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 it's got some really dark imagery uh worth a watch huh
0: okay so so sounds like it's one of those ones you can't really tell me too much about huh
1: yeah that's a i I don't want to say too much it is uh worth a watch i mean i'm not saying it's the best movie ever i i had some quibbles with some of the writing at times but um mostly solid interesting movie Okay, oh, okay. I'll check that out. I also watched La Llorona. La, 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 la
0: Llorona. La <laughs> Yarona.
1: No, no, no. Right? That one? <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> The Curse of La Llorona, which came out in, like, 2017 or whatever, which uh, I hear is not good. I heard I that was awful. It. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, also on Shudder. It's basically, like, blends Central American politics and war crimes and the la llorona mythology so it's kind of like spanglish
2: (laughs) in (laughs) a way
1: uh, no but it's it's um not for the faint of heart and (laughs) probably not for people who don't want to think about the atrocities in the world oh shit it's 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 good uh, I also watched the Extraordinary, Extraordinary Extraordinary it's a, a horror comedy had Will Forte um, funny and enjoyable I, I like that guy it. yeah yeah it's uh it reminded me a bit of oh shit what's that Nick Frost show that I just watched with the ghost hunting uh Truth Seekers that was there it. it is that's the one yeah Truth Seekers which is great go watch it anyway uh, there were some similarities I could see uh both are funny truth seekers is funnier but it's the show uh i also watched spree which has steve from stranger things in it and Ooh. uh watch it yeah spree it all plays out basically on like facebook live hmm. and stuff and it is um boy you, you do not expect it to happen and go the way it goes really okay that sounds pretty awesome I I think it's got some similar sort of messaging as, like, Cam does. Okay, yeah, love that movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't want to ruin anything. Definitely check it out.
0: Hmm, how does it compare to popular 90s gas station candy Spree's? How does it stack up to that? (laughs)
1: Less sweet, Uh, more sweet? Far less disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, you always get
0: Spree's and you're like, it's just sugar.
1: Yeah, they're like candy-coated sugar discs. Yeah,
0: that's it, man. It's like a putt.
1: Get it out of here. <laughs> I'd always get
0: them, and then I'd be real, real disappointed and just wish I'd have got shock tarts instead.
1: Exactly. Everybody should just get shock tarts instead. <laughs>
0: Do those exist anymore? Because those were awesome. I would totally eat those until I got like fucking. There were so many sour, sour my
1: candies tongue. when we were kids that I don't know if they still do exist. Like, do you remember dinosaur eggs?
0: Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Oh, those are awesome, man.
1: They were all just this, uh, variations of the same thing. Candy coating with like citric acid in it.
0: Oh yeah, but it never quit being fun.
1: Never quit being fun, not once. <laughs> There's one other movie though that I want to talk about, and I want to talk about it a bit more in depth than the others because I know you've seen it, Frozen from 2010.
0: Let it go, let, let it, go. it go. That's something, the
1: one, right? Something, da, da, da.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cold never bothered me anyway. Yeah, uh,
1: but not that one. <laughs> not that one, one that okay. came out a few years before that, uh, directed by Adam Green, I believe. Uh, about uh, three people who get stuck on a ski lift. Yeah, that one that sucks really bad. I I, I mean, I want to... Because I know that is your opinion of it, and I also have huge problems with it. But I want to know... I, I need to get into your psychology here before we start. D- is there anything redeeming about it for you? It's been years since I watched it, so... I I can't say with a
0: fresh enough mind to say if there was stuff about it that I enjoyed.
1: Okay. Because there was a ton about it I enjoyed and I saw a lot of potential in it, but it squanders that potential constantly. Yeah, right? Um, Yeah. Okay. So, spoilers for a 10-year-old movie. (laughs) Look out. One of my main problems is the element of the wolves. Okay. Uh, Wolves don't act like that. No wolves uh stay away from areas where people are regularly like a ski lift (laughs) yeah typically they do wolves don't see people dangling up above them and go ah a meal because wolves (laughs) look for a simple meal they're not gonna like oh well eventually that'll fall down
0: yeah yeah this is like a hard mode meal i'm gonna go for that
1: right um I, i i get that they had to make bad choices for it to be a movie. But they just made so many choices where it was like this, who would be this dumb? (laughs) I didn't have a problem with the characters specifically. I think the characters were written pretty well, like a, like, you know, dumb 20 year olds, which is what they were supposed to be. Right. Like Hmm. (laughs) they're, they're dumb 20 year olds. But then like they're. I don't know man like these guys have gone skiing a lot they know how to conserve heat I know I know that this is like a quibble where it's like anybody will say that of course they had to do this so you could see their mouths but the entire time they're up there on that ski lift stuck they're not covering their faces Hmm. and they have coats that would cover their faces (laughs) And their faces are getting, like, frostbitten. So, like...
0: (sighs) Hmm. Yeah, simple solution there.
1: Yeah, it's like, I understand, yeah, it would be hell for sound, but it's also like, if you want me to get into the realism of this situation, you need to make it real. These wolves aren't going to show up here. I mean, the terror of just being up so high that you don't know if you can fall safely, etc., all of that was getting me. I yeah. was like, this all makes sense. And then the wolf showed up. And then it just went out the window. You know? And I was done. Yeah, I was kind of done with it. And the thing for me was, okay, look. I know we I couldn't get a, a judge of the height, but when it when, you know, eventually in the end, she she gets down and doesn't get hurt. It just makes me think like the first guy, all he did was just like, all right, I'm jumping and just like scoot it off. Like if he had hung down, if they had made like a scarf rope, they had three scarves. That'll get hmm. you at least eight to 10 feet. Make like a scarf rope, hang down, keep the snowboard on your feet. It's going to level out the impact when you hit yeah, the ground.
0: That's true. So
1: it started snowing. Wait. The snow's going to accumulate. That's fewer feet you have to fall. It's also not hard-packed snow, like the other snow would be. It's just, like, goddamn so frustrating.
0: (laughs) When you look at all those factors, it does become extremely fucking stupid and easy to get out of that situation, doesn't it? So
1: I'm assuming that it's probably Uh, because like a lot of people when i posted about it some people were like i love it and some people most people were like absolutely hate that movie um (laughs) i think a lot of it is the frustration of like who would act this way right but it also does serve really well for developing the tension and like uh, the character bits are are good i think it's just uh, it could have been way better
0: well there's other kind of like stranded type movies out there like uh open water water and shit i've actually never seen that because i think it would probably it probably give me a heart attack to watch that
1: movie that's my nightmare dude that is my fucking nightmare in the summer it is yeah
0: make me face my fears
1: then speaking of frozen we're not frozen in time it's a new year (laughs) that's a clean transition i know (laughs) that's good it's pretty smooth (laughs) (laughs)
0: you're right steve it is a new year and sometimes whenever there's a new year you set goals and stuff for yourself and you call them resolutions
1: that's true that's true yeah we've talked about our resolutions the past few years uh we have i had a resolution to lose weight nailed it (laughs) fuck yeah take that weight uh i had a resolution to read more this year i did read more this year i uh i'm continuing both of those resolutions I I don't think I read enough. Um, I read more, but I didn't Uh read enough. And I've already said on the Two Towers episode, I'm going to read The the Lord of the Rings. Um, So I'm going to start here soon with The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Just want to start with the more introductory Tolkien book because I have tried to start uh, Lord of the Rings before and just immediately got thrown into his style of writing that i i had trouble with i'm I not a big it. fan of i yeah. get it but hopefully i get into it
0: awesome man that's cool
1: yeah so i'm gonna be reading that and trying to trying to read more books and i've also resolved this year and this is my big like um new resolution that i have not been doing that uh i'm gonna start painting my fingernails because i like it and i always wanted to do it and i don't know why i don't do it hell
0: yeah get in there it's hard i'm gonna tell you what it's not really easy
1: no the i cannot do uh, my right hand with my left hand yeah
0: that's when it gets real real tricky right there i've had plenty of practice with my skank banging and stuff and uh yeah it's it's definitely harder than you think it would be so
1: yeah i used to do it in high school and then uh in my my first year at college and i became mormon and i think i kind of internalized that must appear normal thing mm, mm-hmm, yeah uh and you know i've been working against it and i finally had this realization because my wife uh and i when we get drunk sometimes uh she'll paint my toenails and i realized like well i like this yeah, and i want to do it so like fucking do it hell yeah go for it get in there put that
0: hard candy on there Hell yeah. <laughs> what,
1: are you, what are you resolved to do this year, Ben?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, I share a few with you there, um, especially like getting into reading books more often. I used to be quite the reader back in my yeah, day. Me too. And I think that, like, you know, nowadays when we all have social media and shit on our phones and all that jazz, you sit down, you're having lunch or whatever, the phone comes out. Whereas it used to be, I'll read a book. Um, and especially here the past couple of weeks, man, I think just because, you know, the coronavirus situation is getting so bad and our home of Knoxville, Tennessee, is literally the worst place on earth, although I think Arizona just passed us up. Not because we got better, because they got worse. They
1: got worse, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I've kinda been I've kind of been getting in my feelings and getting in my own head a little bit about all that stuff. And a lot of it is because you know, it's like, okay, especially I go to the bathroom, I'm doing my paperwork and I'm scrolling through and I'm seeing my Facebook feed full of people that are still just like, I can prove to you wearing a mask don't work. Here, let me smoke a cigarette and blow the smoke through my mask. See, it don't work. And it's like, holy fuck, like stuff like that that I see day in and day out, I think just doesn't help me in any way. It doesn't raise my level of hope in humanity. It doesn't (laughs) make me any less cool or less nervous about anything. So I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start fucking keeping books in the bathroom again. And I know that's just just like a a lame thing. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's such a lame thing to be like, I'm going to try putting a book in the bathroom. But no, seriously, if you go in there and you read a book instead of just doom scrolling on your fucking phone... I've been doing it this week, and I've really, really enjoyed it, and I'm also getting some reading and stuff done, too, so that's, that's definitely a I big one. I read
1: all of John Hodgman's books. Yeah. The They're toilet. perfect for that, dude. Yeah, like, there, there are books specifically designed for that type of reading, for just yep. picking up for a few minutes and reading, and definitely worth reading, too, so yeah, that's a good call. I like that
0: you know so yeah i'm trying to put the phone down i'm in the bathroom plus you don't be handling your phone in no bathroom and that nasty that's true that's that true they got the poopy
1: they got the poopies in there
0: mm-hmm, that's right i mean that's what i'm doing in there so mm-hmm.
1: i'm putting it there it's i mean it doesn't come with the bathroom you gotta uh-huh. provide it yourself
0: that's right that's right so that's one the fitness thing i'm definitely with you right there um i'm proud of myself because through the year of 2020. You know, at the start of the year, that was one of my resolutions is like, I want to get in shape. I've talked about trying to lose some weight and stuff for a while and just get a little bit more trim and all that jazz. 2020 was actually the most active I've ever been in my entire life. And I think that oh, it's wow. pretty okay. stupid that it took me, you know, at that point, 35 years to actually make a habit of, of exercising. Now, the past couple of years before that, you know, when we lived out in the country, there was a school with like a track. And I'd go out there and I'd like run the track and stuff, but only kind of like when the weather was nice. So I'd probably do that maybe four or five months out of the year, every couple of days and just go out and jog a little bit. And that's the extent of my physical exercise for the past few years. And before that, literally nothing like I probably spent yeah. the first 30 years of my life literally never exercising ever. And so last year, I kind of made it a point to be like, I'm going to, you know, just try to exercise a little bit, started going to the gym, of course, pandemic happened. So I started working out at home and I actually stuck with it the entire year, which for me is a big deal. You know, for somebody that's literally never done it or played sports or anything physical, that's a big deal. And it's become a regular part of my routine and it's become something that I even look forward to because... The feeling of being kind of wore out after a workout, I think, is nice. You feel like you've it accomplished is. something. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, I kind of want to live a lot longer than the rest of my family. We people tend to die <laughs> real fucking young because we don't I, take care of ourselves at all. a similar
1: motivation for me, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, my family doesn't die early, but they're just unhealthy in their later years. Right. And it looks terrible watching it happen for a decade of just Ooh. like, oh, it's ten years of pain. Uh I don't want that. <laughs> no. I don't want that.
0: But you know what? For a lot of people, getting into fitness and fitting into that into their routine and all that can be really tough. We're all busy. We got a lot of stuff to do, which is why I've developed a new workout system, Steve. This is trademark dead and lovely stuff. Okay. Hope you're ready for this. Let's it's hear. called the sleep plank. <laughs> the sleep plank, okay. Steve. This this replaces old traditional <laughs> methods Of lay down sleep and replaces it with whenever you crawl into bed, you don't just lay down on your back like a caveman. You get in plank (laughs) position and do your sleep in that way. You get a solid eight hours of planking in. You wake up feeling fucking shredded and all the work's (laughs) already done for you. Sleep plank.
1: Now, I do not recommend this. Don't tell me how to live my life. (laughs) <laughs> but I do like this idea that somehow you could put yourself in a uh-huh. exercise position, yep. and throughout the night. Like. Sleep like
0: a baby too, because you're getting all all yeah, that like work out. You burn all those calories, huh? Yeah, like, tellin-
1: like a baby with fucking six pack abs. I'm telling you, if you're doing a plank and it's comfortable, you're doing a plank wrong. <laughs> Ooh, they should not be fun, and they're not no. at all. You should be engaging all them core muscles that that glute them glute muscles I'm telling you uh as much exercise as I've done in the past couple years uh I have recently started focusing on my posture and like my glutes and stuff like that and doing specific glute exercises you find out if you sit a lot your glutes are weak as shit. They're so this is, weak.
0: This is going to come as a surprise to nobody, but I've been focusing on your glutes for years now. All hey, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> no, No, you, you are right, though. I mean, considering that I live my life as a musician and music educator mm-hmm. and YouTuber and stuff like that, I yeah. sit on my butt parts yeah, all the time. Too. And, dude, that's one of those things that has been really shocking to me is, like, any workouts and stuff that I do now that do involve some, like, glute work, Holy yeah. cow! Like I it's literally feel hard, like fucking Chuck hard. Norris yeah. has karate kicked my ass yeah. cheeks. It hurts, <laughs> man. So yeah, you're exactly right. Get them We're hip flexors working. We're all here with working. these weak
1: asses. Yeah, the hip flexors, man. Those get tight from sitting down. You got to open those up. Ah, I just finished physical therapy for uh for my posture, and it it was great, and I still have a ton of work to do, but uh, doing those exercises, it was like. Cause I, I, I feel like after last year, I, I, the same as you actually continued my exercise program at home and like really went at it and stuck to it and actually feel like I'm stronger than I I ever was before. Totally. Um, going into the physical therapist, he's having me do exercises on the muscles that are the problem. And you feel like just so weak. It's Mm. like a two pound, you're doing these things with like a two pound weight. And you're on, like, five, and you're like, what? Why? <laughs> what is this? Damn, um, dude. Man. So, yeah, work those, work those weak-ass muscles.
0: I've never been to physical therapy before, but I hope and I assume that the entire time they're playing Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. The entire
1: time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. they ha- they just have people doing aerobics just to add ambiance.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. It gets you yeah. motivated and inspired to, indeed, <laughs> get physical. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to keep up my fitness and stuff, man. I just want to be able to, you know, be in better shape, feel better about myself, and keep myself Same. alive, honestly. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to get jacked. I just want to live to see 70, maybe, <laughs> which is something mm, I a lot of my family monster, doesn't do. But
1: 70 sounds good. Yeah, that sounds all right, man. Um,
0: I got to say, another one of my resolutions is just generally figure out a way to curtail and control my boozing, because I know oh, that yeah, if I'm I'm I would too boozed less in 2020 i definitely would have more results to show for all of my hard fitness work same, because same. i don't know man like i didn't think that, that ain't no shame dude we've all drank too much in 2020 you know
1: yeah. no i'm not yeah absolutely unless unless you feel like you have a problem i get it oh um, yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah same I, I drank too much and i definitely can see like the the little bit of like pokey outy liver belly
0: oh yeah dude oh yeah but the thing about it is is like You know, the same way that I talked about figuring out a way to control my doom scrolling, I've also been trying to figure out a way to control my my doom drinking, too. So So, you're putting
1: liquor in the bathroom?
0: I put liquor in the bathroom. That's the only time I get to drink (laughs) is when I'm in there reading my book (laughs) and doing some paperwork. (laughs) Oh, man. So, like, for myself... A couple months ago, well, maybe about a month or so ago, I started keeping a liquor log where like, I just have a little tiny notebook that I write down everything that I drink in. Because initially I was kind of writing down like everything that I was eating and drinking in a day, and I was figuring out, I was like, well, the food stuff is all pretty conservative. I don't really eat that much, and I eat pretty healthy. But then I was like, okay, so the extra calories are definitely coming from some fucking booze here, so let's just start logging the booze. So I religiously write down everything that I drink, And uh, over the past few weeks, I was kind of looking over my log, and it's just like, man, it's really easy, especially when you work from home and you can't go anywhere and all that stuff like we have been all year, to be like, well, I had a glass of of beer with lunch, and then I had a whiskey while I was cooking, and then I had a beer with dinner, and then I had two whiskeys after that before bed, and you're like, holy shit, that's like a thousand calories.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot when you start adding it up, especially beer. Yeah, um, you're oh, just yeah. not getting around the calories with beer. No,
0: uh. Uh-uh. So what I've kind of figured out is working for me so far. And again, I've only done it just a couple days so far, but it seems to be kind of scratching the itch. You, you got to figure out the way your brain works and how you can trick it into doing what you want to. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm a like obsessive box checker, list keeper. Like that's just how right. I get things done. I love to check off those boxes. So like every day on my liquor log, there's two boxes. And I'm kind of setting myself a two-drink limit. So I, I get a drink, I write it down, I check one of those boxes. I have one more box if I want to. Uh, that's a start for me. I know that that's one of those things that's just like, well, you could just have willpower and not do it. Well, That's also I not how my brain works. Who
1: right? are these dickheads? Are <laughs> yeah, are right? dickheads always that come in and invalidate the premise of what somebody's doing? Yeah. Like, why do you do the thing you do? Well, I just told you I'm doing it to try to drink less. Why don't you just not drink less? Uh, this do helps better? me to do that no you can't do two things <laughs> damn it <laughs> so
0: for me like just kind of doing the list and the check in the boxes is is working for me psychologically so i'm gonna try to keep on and keep tricking my brain into thinking that's just the way that things are and uh, i think that will definitely help me along the way too here so my only other goal that i have for the year and i think this is also one that i had last year Fucking merchandise, man. Good Lord. Like, I need to get some t shirts. I need to do some lesson packages. I need to do, um, I'm thinking about doing a book. Um, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. people that that watch the channel also listen to the show. So maybe you heard it here first. I'm kind of thinking about hey. doing a basically like, like a weekend wank book where I take stuff from oh, the first okay. 300 I'm already episodes. intrigued for a yeah. wank book. <laughs> a wank book. Uh, you know, I take stuff from the first like 300 episodes because I'm almost at 300 episodes of Weekend Wank Shop now, and you know, tab them out, expand on the ideas some more. Obviously, I can't do licensed stuff, so there's not going to be Guns and Roses lessons in there or anything like that. But all the original licks and stuff like that, and exercises I come up with for people that I put on Weekend Wank Shop, I'd like to do a book that compiles all those together as well as adds to them. So. That's something that's a bit of a goal for myself this year as well, because I feel like that's just, that's just money waiting to be made. That's a and solid I
1: goal. Yeah. That's like definitely something I think that people would want.
0: Yeah, I think so. I hope so. So I guess that we will find out. I've kind of got everything really kind of set up and in place. I just need to do the work and quit being indecisive and shit like I, I typically am. Now, Steve, this being our first episode that we're recording in the new year, I think before we get on into the movie review-ski, I think we just need to touch base with our fans, those dead and lovelies, those bustas out there that hang out with us on the Facebook, on the Instagrams, all those things, the people that got some questions that they need answered. Steve, how about we just slip on into that preview palace?
2: Welcome to the preview palace.
0: Mm-hmm, that's right. While we're in here, I want to A the F out of these Qs.
1: Let's A the F out <laughs> of these Qs.
0: I think that we're gonna.
1: I, I've i got some great uh, questions here from Instagram and Facebook. All right. And I I want to start with perhaps the, the most controversial one. Uh-oh, hot take. This is from Kalani Warpole. Kalani, what up? I don't hear shit talk about Delilah anymore. Oh, fucking
0: Delilah. Did you squash your beef? Dude, I just think she's so much more below us, I don't even feel like acknowledging her anymore. Yeah,
1: that's it. It's like, who? Delilah who?
0: Yeah, exactly. What? She's kind of been off my radar because I just don't give a fuck about that Delilah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. who is she anyway? Delilah.
0: Yeah. Ugh. If she was a, a force to be reckoned with, though, anymore, I mean, you know if we didn't fully vanquish her with our first verbal thrashings we gave her Uh i'd still be talking shit but she's done she's a has-been
1: she's done she's done it's over delilah Uh gosh just move on (laughs) (laughs) so this is a little more uh of a of a, a serious question is there any movie you'd like to revisit and do a new episode this is from brandon wood oh like ones that we did early on on the show or something like that yeah yeah
0: actually yeah I would, i'm gonna say that there's several because you know the really early episodes of the show we kind of did what a lot of other horror movie shows do and kind of walk through, the, through movie. the
1: movie yeah
0: and i like that on some shows i think some shows sure. do it really really well yeah but there's a handful of them that like i would like to do more in the style that we do now because especially you know starting the show we did a couple of heavy hitters pretty early on like even, yes we did um, like Halloween and stuff like that, we did some of those pretty early and kind of walked through them. And honestly, I would like to do some of those again and, yeah, do them just more observational like we do now. And especially like um, like the Pumpkinhead episode. I think it was like our second or third episode. The audio on it was kind of fucked. So I wouldn't mind redoing that for a couple reasons.
1: Yeah, there are a few few where the audio isn't isn't so great because of uh, we just didn't have the setup figured out yet. We were just babes
0: in the woods.
1: We were, yeah. We were just babes in the woods casting
0: by candlelight
1: (laughs) the ones that i immediately thought of uh were things like in the mouth of madness
0: uh i've been wanting to rewatch that lately dude
1: i don't think it was a bad episode i just think um i'd like to do it again (laughs) yeah totally right i think i'd kind of like to do um uh, uh the the thing prince of darkness and and in the mouth of madness as a single episode talk about the That'd be uh, fun. Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy. Hmm, yeah. and since we've done all three of them, right? I don't know. The Witch is one of our better episodes, and I'd still like to take another run at it.
0: Right? Like I feel the same way. Like even even like Phenomena. Like I feel like that's such a fucking crazy, stupid, weird movie that yeah. I think we would attack it very differently now than we did
1: then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think a, a lot of our early episodes where we just hadn't figured out exactly what we were doing yeah i'd like to redo but i don't even think they're necessarily bad it's just they're not they're not on the same level as as more recent episode
0: well you know maybe the question we should be asking is like maybe we should be asking the people listen to the show what episodes would you guys like us to redo you know
1: if you know if it's like you you think you'd like to hear us talk about a movie more or maybe you think we didn't get it right Either way, I'm cool with that. I think I know uh, uh uh Steph Boychuk wrote me about uh what is that uh movie I always call the, my middle of the Rome movie?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Autopsy of Jane Doe.
1: Autopsy of Jane Doe. She wrote and had some like ideas about it that made me go like, Oh fuck. Like I need to rewatch that movie and talk about it again because I'll like, tell I, you, man. I didn't get it, I don't think.
0: That Steph will come at you dunking. She'll dunk on yeah, you a she's little got, bit. Yeah,
1: she has some great perspectives. But uh, she ain't wrong. Some great perspectives. She That's ain't wrong. True. She is not wrong. And in fact, she has a question here that I would like to talk about. All right. What do you think the big trends in horror will be in the 20s?
0: Ooh, That's a good question. I hope it's not all fucking pandemic-related stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what she says as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: there you go. I hope it's not that. Um, I think it would be cool
1: if they... Don't think it will be. Yeah. I don't think so. I think people are going to... I mean, they're going to try it, but I don't think it's going to succeed. People are Mm -hmm. just going to be tired of it. We don't want to see it.
0: No. Yeah, and that's the thing, right, is like... After coming out of this stuff, it's like we don't need reminders of what just happened. Like this should be it should be like the Roaring Twenties, where it's like whatever, fuck it, let's just party and drink beer and gin out of a bathtub, right?
1: Exactly. Leave leave the uh, like pandemic movies for a decade from now when the yeah. kids who had to go through this get to give their perspective. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we want to see. I I think uh, I've talked about it a little bit. I think we're gonna see more absurd horror. Um, and maybe even getting back to things like body horror and stuff where we can kind of control the horror, like (laughs) body horror is one of those things where, um, you know, it, it centers our fears back entirely in ourselves, which makes us feel more alive
2: Hmm, than
1: our current fears that are the anxieties of the entire world. Yeah, very externalized. Which makes us just feel like we're constantly in fear and dying.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: I think some of that will come back. And and more horror comedy. I think we saw a, a good number of horror comedies come out last year and probably we'll see more.
0: Yeah, could be, man. I think that one way you could draw some inspiration from the events that we've all been going through for the past year um, while not just making it a pandemic type movie is to have more stuff that deals with loneliness and isolation, whether that yeah, be something like a, see more 28 that, Days probably. Later style or like The Witch style, like where things are just very yeah. isolated. Because I know that that's a feeling that I think all of us have <laughs> now. It's just like, oh, we're isolated.
1: Yeah, there have to have been some movies that were being filmed throughout the pandemic that were basically much more isolated and far fewer characters we'll probably see a good bit of that in the early 2021 of movies coming out where far fewer characters than you normally would see and things like that kind of feeling sparse a lot of things where they go to big crowded areas i think you're gonna see a lot more of that Hmm, i don't know i don't know specifically it'll it'll have to be after the pandemic when when they start shooting it but i think you'll see a lot more of these like crowded shots uh and it'll be to kind of work on that anxiety
0: yeah because that's the thing is like after everything is able to return to normal again it's like it's gonna be i let's be honest we're all gonna have some sort of level of of ptsd about being around big crowds of people and stuff like that so yeah you're right if that kind of thing made its way into horror it could be very very unsettling after these events for sure
1: and i can also see zombie movies making a little bit of a comeback though i think the horror of, uh, the zombie. I don't know. It would be contagion zombies most likely. And it, it would probably, they, you know, probably just not be zombies the way we currently see them. It would be more playing on the fact of like anti-maskers and, uh, you know, people who just deny science. That would be what they were trying to reflect. So, mm, yeah, but those people are, uh, scary, so I would think they would be fast plague zombies, probably. <laughs> These are all my predictions. I don't know. The the 2020s, I think we're going to have some some good horror come out of it, though. Like, a lot to, to really work with. Which is I'm sad, but so. also, also cool for horror.
0: Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, you know, after the Black Plague and stuff, we got the Renaissance. There's always, like, a period of very high inspiration and high art and music and everything after very shitty times globally so hopefully we see some good work come out of this
1: i think we also might see a lot more um anti-capitalism movies yeah uh, a lot more carpenter type stuff coming yeah, out i hope so that seems to have grown a good bit a lot of people got radicalized by the failure of the government so um might might see a good bit of that i think so uh, this comes from instagram uh the mad beanie What's a movie you wish you could erase from your brain so you could experience it again for the first time?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. And
1: what's a movie you wish you could erase from your brain because it's so bad you don't want to remember it?
0: So the absolute first thing that comes to mind is to say, movie I wish I could erase from my brain for any reason to be irreversible. I still wish I never would have seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I do wish I could delete that. Like, if I could Eternal Sunshine that movie away and then also... Have enough of a memory to go, oh, that's that movie you should never watch again. Because right. it would be a real bummer if you erase it from your memory and then because you didn't remember it, you just watched it again. <laughs> Damn it. So I would have to remember enough. I'd have to like uh, like make a note on my hand every day. <laughs> Don't watch Irreversible. It'd be like... Uh, but you know it would like, like tempt
1: you eventually. Yeah. You'd be like, why wait, not? why though? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would say other movies that I wish I could watch again for the first time. Um, the Shining. Like I really do wish I could yeah. relive the magic of relive seeing that, that for experience. the first time. Yeah, of yeah. seeing a movie that felt like it was reading my brain in terms of how much it was freaking me out. Pulp Fiction is definitely one too. I wish I could just see that with fresh eyes again because I still adore that movie.
1: I really wish I could see Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time as an adult.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I think um, I didn't get the sheer terror of so much of it as a kid. I understood it to be very scary, but like it just, it's much scarier when you get the full ramifications of everything that's happening. And- it would be it'd be crazy to experience that for the first time no doubt. as far as wanting to fully forget a movie man i don't know if i i have one in particular i tend to avoid those movies like anything (laughs) like uh the what is that the serbian film or uh, irreversible stuff like that i just i i if, if people tell me it's super disturbing and I don't ever want to see it again, it's like, well, I don't want to see it the first time.
0: Uh, <laughs> Maybe I just sidestep
1: that one. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing anything there. No. Uh, uh-uh. Uh. though, I, I guess it would be nice to, uh, eliminate the Jaws sequels from my brain. Oh yeah. Yeah. To just not know they exist. If, if I only thought Jaws was just this singular Spielberg movie. It would be like, wow, that is just amazing. But I often, when I think of Jaws, think of that terrible 3D shark in part three just floating. And it looks, have you seen part three? I've never seen any of the sequels. Oh, wow. I know. (laughs) <laughs> maybe you should just leave it They'll have way. to do them <laughs> <laughs> that way i can so wallow in misery you, with you <laughs> yeah so you can they're not i mean they're not so horrendous it's just that i think that jaws was such a perfect like standalone movie that if they had never made a sequel it would have been better
0: see it's funny though because there's other movies where i'm like thinking to myself what would it be like to rewatch the lord of the rings trilogy for the first time right now and i don't know if it would make it better because as we talked about in our recent Two Towers review, like some of those special effects are aging a little bit. And I feel like if I watch that for the first time now, it might be all that I see. So it might actually not make it as good.
1: Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. The only things that I would want to change would be having seen horrendously terrible things as a child and wanting to see them first time as an adult, because the experience would be more intense not because i think i shouldn't have seen them as a child but because i think it would be a cooler experience
0: yeah it's like how i wish i could see side boob again for the first time
1: oh man right it's yeah. like what that's not a- every the side
0: boob is just like the first time though so still works <laughs> magic like the first <laughs> side boob
1: yeah um so the horror horde asks will we see more dead and lovely youtube videos i really loved the halloween treats tasting video oh Dude, thank you
0: thank you very much for one i i sure fucking hope so because that was one of those things that we really were like super excited to do and then i moved to the same fucking town that you live in and it was like cool after we're the holidays and stuff we done. can get yep. this done yeah and then it's like and pandemic <laughs> can't even pandemic. be in the same room together yep i hope so it'd be really fun too.
1: It would be really fun too. Yeah, we have uh, got a lot of cool stuff we could do. Um,
0: I'm a I'm a fucking jerk to work with, and I I hope that I can do better than whatever we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's real hard. The, the only editing is us uh, figuring out what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes. usually it. Wait, what were we doing? <laughs> huh? Yeah.
2: So that's yeah, not,
0: I, I it's hope not so. Too hard. And you know, we were just saying the other day too, dude. It's like I I can't wait till the day that we can fucking do this show in person yeah. again. I miss it. You know, it's like this is this is fine. I'm glad that we can still do things this way, but it's not the same, man. It's not the no, same. No, it's not.
1: Mm-mm. It's not. All right. Kev Bickerdike asks, "If you could have any canonical horror horror film directed by a different canonical director dead or alive, what would you choose?" And he gives some examples here. Dario Argento's Vampires or David Cronenberg's The Lost Boys.
0: Okay, so A horror film that could be directed by a different director i mean honestly the one that's coming to mind first and we'll talk about this more in just a second i wish that i could have arachnophobia directed by tim burton because it just would have been way the fuck better like that's the first thing that comes to mind for me (laughs) yeah we'll
1: definitely get way more into that while talking about the movie but yes this movie needed to be way darker and tim burton's the that's a great choice for for this Mm -hmm. i'd like to see something like uh the toxic avenger um approached by somebody with like an artistic mindset like i'd (laughs) like to see something that is intentionally supposed to be schlock uh made more uh horror i mean cronenberg's a good choice for it because it definitely is body horror uh, i could see him making that way more intense and way like it just a completely different movie entirely
0: yeah. yeah totally there's honestly there's a lot of those movies that i could see peter jackson handling really well like oh <laughs> fucking, yeah and, and in the apocalypse i would much rather peter jackson have done just like anybody just somebody who could treat that stuff with some fun you know <laughs>
1: You're, you you ask me you know as though I'm going to agree with you. I love that movie, so no. Fuck you. But
2: but I can
1: see Peter Jackson uh making Anna and the Apocalypse a good movie. I he's he's never done a musical, has he? I could see Nothing I'd like horror. to see that. Peter Jackson take a run at a musical. Yeah, Especially no doubt. if he's going back to his like horror roots. That would be interesting.
0: I mean, of course, I would love to see, as I said on our episode, Tammy and the T-Rex, directed by The Lonely Island. I'd be extremely oh, okay with absolutely. that. Same with The Wraith. The Wraith by The Lonely Island. Yeah, The Lonely Island Sign needs me to up. have a
1: horror phase. Dude, <laughs> fuck
0: yeah. I would be so okay with that, man.
1: Get, hear me out on this one. All right. Event Horizon, directed by John Carpenter. Oh,
0: count me in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be very it's okay with movie. that. I think so i mean event horizon has all of its charms we go back and listen to our episode i don't love it but i i think there's so much potential there i think carpenter could make it way better
0: yeah i think that you're right that could be really really fucking cool or um even uh fuck hellraiser clive barker like i think he could do a really cool cool job with that material as well clive
1: barker could definitely have made event horizon a better movie for sure yeah, I I would like to say, because when I think of uh, movies that I'd like to see done a different way, it, it has to be a movie where there was potential throughout, but I just feel like it never hit it. And Event Horizon's kind of one of those movies for me where it's like, man, I want this movie to be so good, and I'll watch it if it's on, because it's got so many great visuals and stuff, but yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Yep, I'm with you, man. Totally back it. I'm going to get to one last question, Ben. And this one comes from our pal Grayson over at the Sleeping Giant podcast, a oh, podcast I've been right. on a, a couple times. Go check out my episodes or any episodes. He says, when are y'all both going to come on my podcast and let me be the cheese in a big old dead and lovely Sleeping Giant podcast sandwich?
0: Uh-oh. Look out. I'll tell you what. We'll come on your podcast. We'll come all over that podcast.
1: That's true. If, if we're going to be on your podcast, we should know who you are. And- uh, we know grayson you know why he's been in our facebook group um he's been a part of of our group and and we've gotten to to know him so of course we want to be on his show he's a cool fun guy cool cat yeah so if you want us to be on your show uh, interact with us first it's I mean, like come on buy me a drink first already come on already like to be on another horror movie podcast i'd have to actually like listen to another podcast and also like do research for a movie and all sorts of stuff. And it, it's it's a lot of work. I'm I'm willing to do it. Uh Ben doesn't have as much time as me though. It's pretty
0: tight over here. But you know, the good news is we're swingers. We cast with other people all the time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we have an open cast relationship.
1: We have an open cast relationship.
0: Yeah, that's right. Just come and hang out with us a little bit. That Facebook group has been really great. That's what actually been one of my favorite things about. 2020, one little silver lining about 2020 and everybody being stuck inside and on social media more is like the way the Facebook group has grown and like everybody's kind of gotten to know each other more has been awesome. Like I've really enjoyed watching that. Well, thank you guys so much for submitting those questions and stuff. We like to do these every now and then. So keep your peepers peeled. And I'm sure that we'll do another FAQ in a month or two because we love A and the F out of those cues. So thanks very much to everybody who submitted some good urns there for us today. All right, Steve, now that we're out of the preview palace, let's just sink our fangs, our arachnid fangs, into the meat. I'm talking about that meat of the podcast, Steve. I want to get a big old bite out of this thing. We're talking about Arach No Pahobaya. That's right. That's right. From 1990? 19 and 90. Yeah. 19 and <laughs> 90. That's right. That's right. And uh, this is a movie that I remember seeing tons and tons and tons of ads for as a kinder kid. A child, uh, child. I was known as back then. The
1: spider just dangling by the web. Or Mm -hmm. there was also the picture of John Goodman looking all ready to rumble.
0: Looking like he was going to be a bigger part of the movie than he really yeah, is. Exactly, but. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he is the part you remember. That was the selling
1: point for me as a kid, too, because I was a Roseanne fan. So it was like, oh, I want to see this because that guy's fine. Yeah, it's got
0: Dan Conner uh-huh. of course. So this movie I actually didn't see until, man... I was in my 20s. Like, I didn't see it when I was a kid at all. So this is one of those I totally missed a boat on when it came out. Did you see this whenever it came out?
1: Yeah, I remember renting it. Um, I remember it had a preview for Pepsi before it. And oh, I was, yeah? And I was drinking a Pepsi while I was watching it. It's one of those weird memories oh, where... On target. It, I was uh, probably around 10 uh, whenever it came out on VHS. So just... I remember um, not liking it as a kid. The Pepsi,
0: I know. It's not as good as Coke.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Never has been. That is absolutely true. But uh, I remember as a kid just being kind of bored by the movie. Uh, Right? Yeah, like the spiders and stuff didn't really affect me. And I get, if you have arachnophobia, I I would get if this movie scared you in particular. But I also feel like if that's your target audience, you're probably not going to catch most of them. Because why would they watch a movie about spiders? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go see that thing I fucking hate. Yeah. Like not everybody's scared <laughs> of spiders. I think I think there is a and and this is why you do um a movie with a spider. There is an innate fear of spiders in humans. Like we look at them and we're kind of immediately like, "Oh no, that Ooh. is danger." Uh, yeah, it's like
0: snakes or something.
1: Yeah, but like the the history of making horror movies about spiders is not <laughs> it's not like heavy it doesn't really it's never really been successful like so i mean it it, it still doesn't work you have like movies after arachnophobia have had to go like full-on ridiculous like eight-legged freaks and big ass right. spider like make it campy yeah but but the thing is like uh if you i mean this is my pro like whenever i watch a movie about sharks that isn't jaws Because of that obsession with sharks as a kid, it's like, that's not how sharks behave. Like, yeah, yeah. I know enough about spiders to know that, like, they can't get beyond a certain size. And the bigger they get, the more fragile they are.
0: Yeah, because that exoskeleton's got some weight to it.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's heavy and chitinous and pretty uh, fragile if it's got a lot of weight against it, which is why Mm -hmm. they crush so easily. Um, right so th- those big spider things have to be campy. And then these spider things, I think you need to work more on like stealth, and they do that, but then that's boring.
0: Yeah, it's true. That's true.
1: I mean <laughs> So it's, it's hard like to make a good spider horror movie, I'm saying.
0: It's one of those things that is innately relatable to everybody, whether you are an arachnophobic or not. Like yeah you know, nobody sees a spider. Well, I won't say nobody but most people don't see a spider and go, "Oh boy, a friend."
1: Right. Yeah, some people are definitely <laughs> Again, spider friends. Do. Uh and there are a couple of spiders that I would say are legit cute. But spiders they they have like that alien architecture to them where yeah, it yeah. just seems so different than everything around it that you I don't know. I I mean, some people say that we may have an innate fear of them because you know you died of a spider bite in a past life or whatever that's ridiculous i just think it's the the appearance of them like
0: uh miss cleo told me that's why i don't like spiders so <laughs> i mean well, unless you're saying dead, she was lying ben,
1: so looks like yeah, she but didn't know lives on come oh, on dude oh shit miss cleo i on oh
0: <laughs> yeah and that's the thing about this movie like whenever i watched it you know, that first time a million years ago and then watched it again just last week. Um, I'll say it, it's effective in some ways because uh-huh. I don't like spiders. I, like, know I don't you know don't. if yeah. I'd call myself a true, like, full-blown arachnophobic, right? but I do have kind of an irrational fear of spiders because mm. I've never really had anything bad happen. Like, I've never, you know, fallen in a spider's nest or, like, woke up with one on my face or gotten, like... A brown recluse bite and nearly died or anything like that like i've never had anything that bad happen yeah it is totally one of those things where i just look at them and there's something about the movement and stuff like that that just makes me want to fucking vomit in rage you know yeah
1: yeah it's unnatural and uh their their look it just yeah it it does it truly feels alien and and gross To oh yeah all, dude most people i think uh, aesthetically but um yeah, I, I think as somebody who doesn't have arachnophobia, like, looking at the moments that are supposed to be gross, like a spider on your face, it's like, well, yeah, I don't want that. Um, like, I don't <laughs> want a spider to drop down on a web onto me, but it's happened before, and it never resulted in injury, so... Dude, back
0: whenever we lived at our old house, which is very much in the fucking woods, yeah, the amount of spiders and stuff we had at that spiders, place yeah. was unbelievable Mm -hmm. and dude some of them were huge i'm talking like the biggest spiders i've seen in fucking tennessee like yeah i don't know where these things came from and and i will say absolutely there were definitely times where i would pull a total jeff daniels and be like honey you gotta come in here and kill this fucking spider oh yeah (laughs) emily
1: all the time having me kill spiders i get it yeah if you if you're arachnophobic it, it is like not even just like oh, I could just kill it and get rid of it. It's like, I don't want to be anywhere near it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I've definitely, you know, in having to dispose of some of them myself, I've definitely like not stepped on it, but thrown a shoe at it. (laughs) Yes. Uh (laughs) I got pretty good at it, I got to say. Like, it's one of those things, dude, I do feel like a dick about because spiders are extremely valuable, Yeah, you know, and and they, they eat up a lot of the bad bugs and stuff like that. I know. But I, I just don't want them living with me.
1: No, I get it. I get it. So, like, this this movie is, that's, that's like, the problem, though. It's aimed at people who aren't going to go out and see it. And then the other people who are just kind of grossed out by spiders, it doesn't have enough, I don't think, to really fulfill you for fear or, like, horror. And then it doesn't have enough comedy to make up for it. Because this could just be funny and you don't have to worry about it like yeah if, if, if people aren't too scared it's like well that's not the point the point is that scary stuff's happening and it's also humorous
0: well thing about this is that i think made it so effective for the time with a lot of people because i know there are a lot of people that love this movie that saw it when they were kids and totally remember watching with their families and stuff i think part of what made it so effective is like at this time period you know in 1990 when this came out we were kind of in the middle of this like weird uh satanic bug panic where it was like killer bees are coming from Brazil yep. to kill you all. Fire ants are marching north uh-huh. right now. Like I remember hearing all through my childhood that like fire ants, they're coming to Tennessee, they're on their way right now, watch out, so are the killer bees. Like there was some kind of weird nature panic there when we were kids that never came to fruition.
1: It had to do with the increase in uh like awareness of the environment and the damage that we were doing to it because they were migrating away from places that were being fucking destroyed right and yeah invasive species became a bigger problem uh you know the the fact is coyotes didn't used to be in tennessee and now we have coyotes like all over the place (laughs) coyotes yeah so like invasive species became uh a real situation that people were dealing with uh and of course you talk about invasive species and it reminds you of the uh, the bug movies and and creature features and monster movies of the the 50s and stuff like that that were always about like not always but often about these fears of immigration and stuff like that these invasive Mm -hmm. species yeah and I think this one this movie I I was looking for that and I've got some I have some issues with the way they uh talk to the native guy in venezuela but i don't think this is about a fear of immigration this is more about that like uh environmental like invasive species message because it even ends with a jimmy buffett like song that's like this pro spider song
0: (laughs) oh man that song it's oh that song it's it's strange (laughs) but i
1: think it is i think it's because it's a disney movie this is a Disney horror movie. So, it it's going for something. It's trying to teach kids something. It never gets too like scary or violent, but because of that, it doesn't really appeal too much to adults. I can see why maybe kids just like connected to it, but I was a kid when I watched it and it just didn't do it for me. It just like the humor, I yeah. mean again, uh love seeing John Goodman. He's funny. Uh, and the funniest part of the movie, but it it's that's it. He's not in it much.
0: That's the thing, man. It's like if you're a kid watching this, you probably really liked John Goodman, and you probably really liked all the parts at the very end of the movie with the spiders and yeah, stuff like action. that because uh-huh. it made you it made you squirm. But dude, there's so much of this movie. Like, dude, the beginning and the middle of the movie are really just a fucking crawl, man. Like they're really pretty boring, and I can't imagine being a kid and like being super into that you know
1: no and and so for me i remember as a kid it is the opening bit that does it that kind of kills it because you it's like 20 minutes long basically it's long dude. yeah them searching for butterflies and then accidentally discovering a new spider um and then not doing any sort of research on it immediately. And then a a guy getting killed by its bite. And then of course they're like, sneaks in his coffin. It's yeah. It's like, uh, it, it's showing some sort of scientific hubris, but again, it's not exactly one of those like science gone wrong movies. Uh, it's, it, it just doesn't fit with the normal, normal mold of a creature feature or a monster film even though yeah. that's what they're going for.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, and like you said, that that setup really does kind of kill the momentum pretty fucking fast. Yeah. It, it sets up very much like Jurassic Park in a lot of ways, only Jurassic Park gets right down to work really quickly, whereas this, you know, again, you got this elaborate setup like you talked about where they're, In the jungles, and they go to this big chasm, and there's fucking Angel Falls and stuff up there, and there's a guide that won't go any further, and they gotta smoke all the bugs out of the trees, and it's like, ultimately, all this is happening just to get the spider to America.
1: Yeah, it does feel like... There had
0: to be a tidier way to do that. And then even when the spider gets here, it has to take like a fucking homeward-bound journey with a bird to Uh even make it there. (laughs) Like gosh dude it, it, it just it, takes so long to get going
1: it's a very coincidental plot like everything yeah. re- relies on these astronomical coincidences all coming together which is a uh, fine you can accept that in a world that grounds you somewhere in that like that is like oh okay well these things are absurd but the world is absurd and that's not the case with this the world is boring it's yeah it's dry it's not interesting totally
0: i i, I absolutely agree man like whenever we were both just watch this movie and we were kind of texting about it the other day i think you were in the middle of watching it you texted me you're just like i didn't think that anybody other than john goodman was excited to be in this movie yeah and th- that's kind of the vibe you get
1: yeah i think like um i you know rewatching it because that was my first time watching it uh in forever rewatching it i would say that uh brian mcnamara who plays the the uh assistant that uh julian sands sends to check out the the bug i think he's doing good and i also think irv and blair who are played by kathy kenny and roy brocksmith are doing a good job even though the joke is that they're fat and that's wow. the entire joke and that's <laughs> the whole thing that keep showing us over and over is every time they're on screen they're eating or talking about Though they are eating and talking about food or just eating uh doing things very fatly uh yeah apparently
0: I, I guess this is just the time where that's all that you had to do to make a joke yeah <laughs> be like see this person's fat. it's because they eat a lot hilarious right yeah but i,
1: th- I think <laughs> why i say roy brock smith and kathy kenny did good with that is that they just play it straight like they yeah they they're not trying to be like
2: or
1: whatever you know <laughs> but the joke isn't funny so whatever but yeah no. the only person who's really going for it is john goodman
0: yeah and i wish that everybody was in the movie that he's in like that's the biggest takeaway that i had is like john goodman was in some other movie uh-huh i would rather watch that movie because i think he had so much fun doing this and getting into this character even though a lot of his character was very much like bill murray and caddyshack like he (laughs) kind of he kind of had the bill murray caddyshack kind of delivery. yeah he did in a lot of ways but it was all john goodman so it it was fucking awesome it's america's dad
1: you know it is it's john goodman and and the thing is that he you know i was thinking about that after i texted you that the majority of his scenes he's alone so he actually wasn't yeah he in doesn't same, interact a lot yeah he wasn't and he didn't know oh we're all delivering it like we're on xanax oh okay
0: <laughs> whoops I've, maybe i, if I was in some scenes with other people I noticed
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah his character was really funny and really just i don't know if it felt like he was written by somebody else or if it was just like he's a guy who made a conscious choice to put more into that character than everybody else did i
1: can tell you a little bit so uh this is uh produced by steven spielberg yeah and spielberg and frank marshall had just recently worked with john goodman and so the idea with the the movie like when they were gonna make it uh spielberg was like okay but you have to have john goodman play the the um what is it called fuck uh insect yeah there you go exterminator you have to have (laughs) john goodman play the exterminator so like there was that was the i guess focal point of excitement was we're gonna have john goodman come in and play this real funny part but then like everything else they were like oh what the fuck are we doing here um just say the lines and we'll see if we want to do it different no you said it once that's good that's fine fine. whatever yeah (laughs) i was just reading them yeah that's fine who cares (laughs)
0: <laughs> well what you don't know though steve is just how deep spielberg's involvement goes in this because there's a little bit of a spielberg conspiracy i don't think you know about
1: let me hear about it
0: spielberg was a kid he was at the beach he got bit by a shark he said i fucking hate sharks i'm gonna right. all die jaws responsible for so many shark deaths as we know right Mm-hmm. later on As an adolescent, got bit by a spider. He's like, I fucking hate these things. I want the whole world to kill these things. Let's make a movie where they're the bad guy. Kill all the spiders. Arachnophobia. (laughs) Oh, except for then, later on as an adult, he went to buy a new BMW at a dealership. Fucking the German dealership ripped him off. I fucking hate Germans. Schindler's List.
1: (laughs) You think that was what (laughs) fueled his hatred of Germans? (laughs) This BMW is not as good as I thought it would be. that guy
0: was very rude to me at the dealership very brisk
1: um i think i think this might be trying to make up some for the the jaws uh leading to shark deaths they they went boy did it ever they went out of their way to be like they used actual spiders mostly yeah and like uh kept them extremely safe like even the scene where john goodman steps on a spider there's a hollowed out area on the the boot,
0: yeah. So that yeah. you can just
1: step on it without actually hurting it.
0: Same with the the book that smashed the spider; yeah. like it had a big cutout section, so yeah. nothing was harmed. And I even saw things about like in the scenes where you see him getting washed down the drain; like yeah, it they, just led to a, to a little cup t- where they caught yep. him, mm-hmm. and they like they wash they like, dried him off and stuff afterwards. Yeah. And they really did take immense care. And even like whenever you see dead spiders in the movie like those are real spiders too but they're just ones that ended their natural life cycle they don't live forever so they kept them and used them as the dead spiders in the movie they apparently were extremely careful with these things which is cool i mean it'd be easy to look at this and be like oh whatever they're spiders whatever they're bugs fuck it you know yeah it's still animal cruelty if you're just destroying these things for a fucking movie so it's cool to see that they actually took it very seriously and took care of those things
1: and they they also did include that Jimmy Buffett song again, which is from the perspective of a spider, telling you <laughs> why song, you shouldn't dude. hurt a spider. Uh, oh, so it's I think, so
0: it's so bad, Steve. It is yeah. the dumbest. It is the dumbest song, man.
1: <laughs> I think there is like because this is in. I mean, uh, Frank Marshall said that his inspirations for this were Hitchcock films, particularly The Birds and Jaws. Totally, yeah. Um, and you can very much see uh a line from jaws to this and then as you said this to jurassic park and i think that this was a stopover for steven spielberg where he was just trying to experiment with what he was going to do on jurassic park sure
0: yeah man versus animal kind of stuff yeah
1: like what what works and what doesn't uh and you know how can you know how how does the humor have to be to really hit kids but also like not make them too scared and stuff like that i think in some ways this is an experiment in that and that's why he's involved in it Um, yeah
0: totally i can see that too because like this this movie i will say to its credit does sort of hold a rare spot of being a scary slash thrilling movie that is absolutely family -friendly. friendly yeah you know it's like you could totally watch this with kids and Nobody would have a great time, but it'd be no. okay. Nobody would have a great time. That's true. <laughs> eh.
1: Yeah, but it's it is definitely it's uh, it's definitely aiming for a a family-friendly vibe, which is I think hugely to its detriment and the music in this really oh, hits dude. that family-friendly vibe in the cheesy christian comedy sort of way
0: i'm telling you man especially the music that plays anytime that like john goodman is gonna be on screen
1: oh it's so it bad. sounds like
0: it sounds like unused like first draft music from planes trains and automobiles yes, it's just like it all this fucking <laughs> cheesy ass wholesome harmonica stuff like it makes no sense it kind of reminds me of some of the music that's in Pumpkinhead too where it's oh, just like yeah Mm -hmm. what is this corny ass wholesome shit (laughs) dude the soundtrack in this is not good like even the other non-harmonica based parts like i really wish that fucking jerry goldsmith would have done the score to this or danny elfman like there's parts in this where you could tell the soundtrack guy whose name i can't remember right now who did the soundtrack uh
1: it's uh trevor jones
0: there's parts in there where you can tell that trevor kind of aped some of Danny Elfman's stuff. Like, there's a few kind of kooky, Mm -hmm. kind of Beetlejuicy sounding parts. But just like a lot of other things in this movie, it didn't go all the way there. It's like 40%, 35% instead of just really cranking it up and going for it, which, again, I think is to this movie's detriment dude it's yes. like you're you're making a movie about spiders just go over the top and have some yeah. fun with it go all in with it yeah we instead we're of trying to make it so grounded in reality
1: we were talking about this before the episode but uh, th- this should be this should be uh si- like more absurd funnier yeah. and, like more like silly gruesome deaths darker like all of the things that maybe uh tim burton and uh danny elfman could add to to uh this sort of film would have just yeah. made it better like i you know jeff daniels said when he got the script that it, he it was like it was written by a computer like super Damn, very dry huh? dry and so like they did some rewrites and stuff but like it it, it comes across that way like it, it just comes across as not having much character to it not having much like you, you never even get much into jeff daniels like he tries mm-hmm. to he tells us his story about you know uh, the spider when he's a kid and that's why he has this arachnophobia but like he's so dry and so like closed off that you never feel connected to him it's just yeah. like he's making some dry little jokes that are funny sometimes like there are moments in here that are definitely funny but like it's just not it's not hitting the way it should and we know jeff daniels is funny
0: i was gonna say it's not even a knock against jeff Daniels because we know he's fucking awesome but i just think that the script was just so dry he didn't have all that much to work with yeah you
1: know the bits where he does like you know the where he says like you know uh maybe i'll get lucky and she'll be riddled with ailments and stuff and then it like cuts to him and he's like lean bill of health like th- those are funny little moments yeah yeah
0: but just not all in whereas nope. like imagine if in. this would have been directed by like let's say this era of joe dante where he was doing uh-huh. like the burbs and shit it would you be know so
1: silly yeah
0: or even like early robert zemeckis like yeah. he could have really had some fun and made this dark um, and I think just overall more appealing because I think the way that this movie does somehow try to ground itself in some kind of reality and some kind of logic, yeah, it just doesn't make it more fun. Because no. especially if you're trying to make something that is specifically a family-friendly uh, thriller horror kind of movie, you know there's going to be kids watching this. You're not making it R-rated. You know this no, is going to yeah. be a movie where kids are watching it. You can automatically make it a little more over the top. Yeah, you, know?
1: you can make these it fucking sillier. spiders
0: crossbred with electric eels <laughs> like, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know it's like you can have
0: some kind of well, fun with hold it them for just... the
1: sequel but of
0: course yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know it's like even the even the spider deaths and stuff like that are just like oh i got bit oh yeah. now i'm having a fucking seizure and i'm they, dead they just or die i'm off yeah. dying yeah, yeah it's like why couldn't these have been spiders with some kind of fucking acid venom that makes your damn eyeballs melt out and your that face fucking cool. melt like Raiders of the cool. Lost Ark? Like, yeah. Why not make it something that is truly different than a regular you, brown recluse or Black Widow yeah. bite? Like, just go over the top with it.
1: You do that, you'd have to change the entire script. Like Exactly. Would, yeah. I this The budget of this in 1990 is $22 million, and I don't know how. It seems mm. too high for what wow. the product is. Like, yeah, because most of the spiders as we said are real spiders like there's there's uh, a few spiders on strings you see or spiders being manipulated by like magnets and stuff but you only see one major uh like spider prop which is like a 15 inch version of big bob which is actually a big bird eating tarantula that's like yeah. eight inches in leg span uh the the and that he plays the general spider you know the the big bad uh the mechanical double for that was about twice its size and it was made by jamie heineman of mythbusters fame damn yeah but it it's i mean it's not like it's not like there's a huge effects budget here i mean obviously the effects that are there cool but again it's not huge uh the names John Goodman's probably your biggest name in this. Jeff Daniels, yeah, I guess, had done. He had done Purple Rose of Cairo, and I think he had like been nominated for for something. But like, he he wasn't gigantic. And John Goodman's your biggest name. This is like before season three of Roseanne. Season one and two were gigantic. So wow, I I don't know where the money goes in that twenty two million dollars, but it, yeah. it definitely doesn't show on screen. I would like to see. Yeah, like uh, you know, uh make it funnier by perhaps having everybody uh get some john goodman enthusiasm i don't know well <laughs> like, and we know jeff daniels can do comedy exactly obviously. like maybe
0: he, not by this point in his career but well, Dumb and you know just
1: a few years after this like and Boy, he's wild yeah and he's like you know having explosive diarrhea on a on a toilet so like <laughs> i think he had the comic instincts and he had the instincts to look at the script and say well this is definitely lacking but I don't. I I think maybe it was just too late in the process to get a full on rewrite. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because so many of the characters in this are just so flat. Like, yeah, tell me boring. anything about the kids and his wife. Like, I can't even clearly picture <laughs> his wife's all. face in no, my mind right now. No, she's and I just, just watched it the other day.
1: Just generic, uh, uh, blonde lady. Yeah. I I cannot. I I mean, uh, I would say the the cop, the sheriff he's memorable he does a good job and I, that's probably just because stuart pankin is is a, a good actor oh um, that's probably
0: because he's the voice of earl aka is. the dad on dinosaurs that's
1: right earl sinclair <laughs> yeah i think I think there's he, another
0: dinosaurs reference you got to take a shot now yeah. <laughs>
1: we always fucking
0: end up talking about dinosaurs somehow on this fucking show
1: i think julian sands is playing the character he was given he's the the doctor the you know the uh entomologist He's And real-life
0: brother of, of popular font, Comic Sans. <laughs> right?
1: Yep, that's right. <laughs> Everybody I thought him. he looked
0: familiar. You can see yeah. the family resemblance there. You
1: can, you can. But they, you know, Comic Sans is the more silly, and he's the serious. Um, exactly. Well, he's <laughs> Warlock. He I've is never Warlock. seen any of the Warlock movies. Are they any good? Uh, I haven't seen Warlock since the 90s, and I remember it being not great. But I would love Sick. to watch it again. Um, maybe it's good now. Yeah, maybe it's good now. I, but he uh, he he's doing exactly what they're asking of him is to have an air of like gravitas and to just seem academic. Uh, so like, there's nothing he could have done to make it better. But they, if in writing it, they could have easily improved that character. I mean, the, the the thing that like almost immediately turned me off to his character is when he he says uh oh shit what did he call the mountains uh he he called them like oh tapuies he said the tapuies and the guy was like tapuies and he was like oh mountains it's like what the fuck do you mean you (laughs) haven't been speaking a different language up to this point you just suddenly say tapuies get out of here with that bullshit
0: that's like when you're in a Mexican restaurant with your dad and he orders a pollo burrito. Let
1: me get one of pollo wow. burritos.
0: <laughs> Use that one Spanish word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I mean, like his character, though, is just like, he's just boring, factual exposition character. and
0: Yeah, like he's not like a mad scientist. It's just exactly. like, let this species grow, let it take over the town so I can see yeah. this thing evolve. Like there's not really
1: anything to him exactly. Can you imagine, just imagine this, if the movie, if Manly was someone that uh, that uh, Dr. James Atherton cared about and knew, and Manly died from the spider, and uh, Dr. Atherton needed to go back to this town to deliver the corpse, and then these deaths start happening, and he sees a correlation, he should be okay. the main character. There shouldn't be twenty minutes of introducing these characters that don't really like each other and are entirely unrelated, and then one of them dies, and then okay, new people and new story. Like he should, like the doc, the doctor, the entomologist should be the one directly involved with all of this.
0: Yeah, or he's some kind of like detective side story backstory trying to figure out where did that specimen go exactly. doing detective work in the background and, while yeah. this you know little town is being overrun by these things and he's putting together the dots. he's got the the red strings and the map on the wall exactly you know? that could have that- been a different thing but you're right he just kind of is there at the start is abandoned for a long time comes back later that's yep. about it
1: and then just dies like it just yeah. dies again in such a coincidental thing where the other guys have figured out that the spiders are in the barn he sees what like a picture of the barn and he's like what is this? Take me there. Gets there before them and dies. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> it's just such a
1: direct like ridiculous coincidence where it's like, well, we need him to get there and die and they're like, we'll just have him say what's this? Take me there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Cool. Yeah, yeah it's it, there's not a lot of connective tissue. The characters aren't very fleshed out or interesting.
0: Yeah, and it's like you said, I really wish that considering that The name of the movie is Arachnophobia. So you're thinking, like, the fear of spiders is going to be a really huge element in this story. Really, it's more just like Spider Invasion could have been the name of the movie. Because even though we have this element where Jeff Daniels is talking about, yeah, this memory where he had a spider on his leg when he was a, a baby and he was fucking paralyzed or whatever. I mean, it just seems like even stuff like that could have been played up more. Where it's like, I was... 10 years old and I was chasing a rabbit through a field and I fell in a hole and I was covered in spiders and they fucking bit me all over and I spent two weeks on my deathbed in the hospital or fucking spiders killed my family while i was asleep i woke up and my parents were dead give me that dead santa claus in the chimney give me joe dante like give me a flashback to here? a
1: spider holding a knife up to a woman's throat
0: yeah dude with a switchblade dude it's got to be a switchblade <laughs> yes. Don't but kill it's like my mommy, nothing spider. that bad really happened and it's like that's the whole core of his character but then also he kind of gets over it pretty fast yeah. like He's not freaking out that bad when his no. entire house is being overrun by these things.
1: Yeah, it's it never does hit a heightened anxiety moment in in the way that you would expect it to. Like, Yeah. The music should be going wild. Everything should be going crazy. The music's just kind of like, ah, da, da. like in the background, just barely happening. And he's just like, oh, no, I'm in this situation like
0: but you know what would have been cool cuz like i remember whenever i was a kid and there'd be all these you know tv specials and stuff where somebody would have to handle a spider it's like oh you have to face your fear you have to defeat your fear by right. handling a spider whatever it would have been like a cool moment in this if he would have had to conquer his fear by Picking up a spider that was crawling on his wife or daughter or something.
1: That Yes, exactly. Use his fear in a way that, uh, you know, will moves he... Moves the story and moves the yeah, character. Will he defend his family against a spider instead of just... Will he defend himself? Because that's what it ends up being. Will he defend himself against a spider? And then he does. And then uh, he says, uh, fear conquered or something like that. Oh, no. After he kills the spider, he walks over to the dead like spider and says, therapy. Like... Like that—that is—he's overcome his his fear, and it's like, well, that's not how that works. It would have been, yeah, it would have been more like the stakes would have been better if he his children or his wife like needed him to save them from the spiders. And but like, there's also the problem when they're trying to escape the house. They get to the door, and there's spiders there, and they're like, "We're going to do a different way out," and it's like, why? just open the door <laughs> maybe De- go there yeah it's not like on the other side of the door there was like a gigantic spider it was just like three spiders on the door they're everywhere
0: isn't that also preceded by that part where he's like we got to get out of here and be really stealthy
1: and everybody creeps out and he like Throws intentionally flips the tv, flips the TV yeah. over yeah <laughs> what is that helping i don't know and also i don't understand why you'd have to be quiet no is that a thing they've they re like tooled spiders entirely and were just like spiders are a different thing than you could ever imagine they uh they act like bees uh they're attracted to sounds they want to go where humans are they love that stuff like (laughs) these are not spider traits
0: yeah i don't know man it just seems like that could have been really elaborated more as far as the actual arachnophobia and the super irrational fear and him having to conquer that fear and stuff and it's like instead you kind of get this guy Jeff Daniels that just gets shit on the entire movie like if you really think about it (laughs) he just gets nothing but shit on where he's like hey I got a job as a doctor moves to the town fucking old ass doctor dick who I want to talk about more is like man never mind I'm keeping my job well I bought this nice old house in the country too bad it's all rotten, and the floorboards and stuff are all rotten out. In that, fact, you can fall through three stories of the house. The floorboards and stuff yeah, are Cactus so Jack fucking rotten. Style.
1: Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Oh that my god! <laughs> irritated me as someone who is who has built houses. Um, if you could grab a chunk of one of your floor trusses and pull it off,
0: the yeah, house is,
1: is collapsed at that point. Like, there's no way. All of the weight. Uh well a large majority of the weight is distributed throughout those trusses uh, you, yeah that could not be the case but no uh, that would have
0: passed fucking inspection dude
1: yeah but uh, yeah like it is true like every th- everything he wants just gets thwarted uh, and he's
0: also got this wine cellar and he ends up uh-huh. having to like bash all his bottles of wine well, and stuff except at the end for of the, the chateau. Movie. <laughs>
1: except for
0: the chateau uh-huh. very important
1: yeah that is a but, you know, it's line, like he yeah. just kind
0: of gets shit on and it. it's like why like why does all this bad stuff have to keep happening to him and what does it contribute
1: uh i mean i think that's supposed to be part of the comedy that just isn't played up enough like we're supposed it's like when you watch bob's burgers the same thing happens to bob all the time but it's funny like yeah every single plan bob has fails Mm -hmm. but like the it's still funny we're still having fun we're still enjoying it and this is Like trying to do that same thing where it's like, look at this guy who just can't get it right, but it's not working at any point because it's hard to relate to him. One, uh, is and maybe it was easier in 1990, but from a 2021 perspective, it is hard to look at a family who is leaving behind careers because they've made so much money. They just want to stop making money. (laughs) and they have so much money that they have a wine cellar Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even drink the wine just yeah he's a collector purchases it because he wants to have it
0: P.S. love john gibbon talking about his beer can collection that that was perfect
1: yeah that was he had to have written these lines himself exactly uh but like it's real hard for him to then like have these struggles and for me to care like yeah. i'm just watching it and i'm like i don't so you're what your wife left a stock brokerage firm firm so she just uses other people's money to buy stocks to make money off of the money she makes people she can do that from anywhere mm-hmm. and you're still a fucking doctor like yeah you i don't relate (laughs) so like yeah (laughs) boohoo yeah so like him failing at things i'm like okay cool if it's somebody like bob belcher who's like the constantly ground down by life but like still has this great treasure of a family it's like oh okay this is endearing and fun but this just doesn't ever hit that
0: yeah yeah although i gotta say this movie did you know, with that old doctor character really see through the writing on the wall of like what was coming with the boomer age of just like a bunch of people who are complaining about how all oh, mm-hmm. these fucking kids should get jobs. Also, I'm never retiring ever. Ever. In fact, yeah. I'm 78 years old and I'm going to run for president. I'll be 82 by the time my term is over. What right. the fuck? Retire, Joe. Retire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be great. Well, except then we'd have Kamala Harris as our president. Boy, I don't like either one of those people. Nope. Um mm-hmm. anyway, so uh oh, but we should mention if this is anybody's first episode, we are not the uh, conservatives. Uh, no, we hate everybody. We, we hate, hate actually but, everyone. Uh, left. Hi. We're over there yeah. on the left. Not, <laughs> yeah, we're over there. So, I I've I've been seeing a lot of people on the social medias Seeing leftists say negative shit about Joe Biden and being like, why don't you go vote for Trump or whatever? And it's like, no, 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 that wasn't, Uh -uh. that's not the preference. The preference is somebody who actually gives a shit. Um,
0: I think overall, I would just say our stance is nothing is left enough (laughs) Yep,
1: not even close yeah so uh yeah but yeah i think i think that's exactly like an interesting thing too because these would be right like jeff daniels would be boomers Mm -hmm. so we're seeing them in conflict with the generation before them the greatest
0: generation
1: but it's it's like all in this is exactly like if you made this today it would be they're struggling, like he has a whole bunch of medical school debt. Like, it would be oh, so yeah. much more relatable that this guy is in his way, yeah. like refusing to retire for no real reason. But, yeah, totally. Again, what it's a just dick like, move, well, dude. Could you It's a real like, dick move.
0: You fucking leave California and move out to the fucking country into this house, sight unseen, and you get there, and this doctor's like, actually, I'm
1: not quitting. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? It's like, actually still California. Uh, oh really yeah i at first was like oh "Oh, so they moved like what like 30 miles away from san francisco or something no i looked it up the place i mean not the not the actual the city where they shot is supposed to be the city i'm assuming um but they just used a different name but it's like Mm -hmm. two and a half hours from bakersfield and fresno and santa barbara and those places are not like metropolises like Mm. it is it is out in the middle of nowhere so word yeah it's still california but also the middle of nowhere california is an interesting state well
0: let's talk about something here because in his line of his doctor work that he gets here he encounters something that steve i have never encountered in my life uh i realize as a as a homeschooled lad uh my life is very abnormal to a lot of people Mm -hmm. but i never stood in a line full of other fellers and had uh, huh. a doctor grab on my balls uh, with all these other people in a line with that, no gloves on or, yeah. or nothing. Is
1: this something that happens? It it used to. I it never happened to me. I Kay. by the time I was playing sports, it was considered weird. To I thought it was because you didn't grow up
0: Catholic. <laughs>
1: okay yeah that probably has something to do with it too but uh <laughs> it, it was by the time i was playing sports which was 85 or 86 um it, it was strange you went to your your physician um and and got a regular physical but yeah they did grab the old junk and have you cough still don't know i mean i know it's a check for a hernia but like somebody explain it to me <laughs> Why were they grabbing young men's dicks before they played baseball? I don't know. Well, from what I understand,
0: like, if you have whatever kind of hernia it is they're checking for, I think your, like, balls, like, shoot up or something like that. Again, I'm no fucking medical professional here. and I've never had it done or anything like that. But I'm like, couldn't you just check that yourself? Like, couldn't the doctor be like, hey, grab your, your balls there and cough. Did anything weird happen? All right, you're fine.
1: I can think of so many things you would want to check on a child's physical uh, body before they played sports. Why is that the one? <laughs> like, why <laughs> wouldn't you be like, "How are your ankles? How are your knees?" Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the balls? How are those doing? But yeah, I I uh, I remember hearing stories from uh, people slightly older than me who played sports saying, "Yeah," that they would just basically have a. Uh, doctor come and line everybody up do the old cough dance uh so that's weird but apparently used to happen hmm all right yeah it was a different time it was a different time sure
0: (laughs) so in addition to that little display of uh adolescent weird genitalia stuff we've also got the scene that i think everybody remembers from this the the shower scene yeah with the also very underage lady in the shower who they felt obligated to show like side boob and stuff of not sure if that was all that necessary
1: yeah i was i was wondering about that like was she underage or was she i mean because the character is characters in high school yeah i did i didn't check to see if she was underage but it would it just felt like a weird scene in general, like yeah, because also too, like whenever her
0: dad and brother come in because she's screaming and stuff, yeah, they kind of look at her.
1: They do. It's what? And it, none of it was necessary. Like it doesn't move the plot along at all. It was yeah. just for that moment to show a spider going between boobs.
0: Well, and again, it does make you squirm because sure. You know it's like the thought of being in in the shower you know in a very um vulnerable state and stuff, and having a spider jumping on your body when you've got all this other sensory activity of the water hitting your body and stuff you might not notice, although the thing jumps on her fucking face, yeah that's... and she didn't notice, which did like seriously make me fucking jump out of my seat because holy fuck, if that happened, I would probably just fucking deep throat a chainsaw because my life would <laughs> never be the same again it'd be over at that point
1: that's awesome that's a that's a good way to go i imagine just deep that's the of end chainsaw. of the evil
0: dead remake i yeah. guess yeah
1: <laughs> So but you know it's like that i
0: i get it like it's effective but at the same time you're right it's like it doesn't really advance the story like and, and that's overall the thing with the spiders and the threat and the danger and stuff like this that they're supposed to be posing is that it's kind of understated up until the very end of the movie, which you could say does make the end of the movie all the more explosive because we've just been seeing spiders here and there, yeah. one or two of them at a time the whole movie. a
1: ton. Yeah, and like,
0: yeah. that makes it very like, holy fuck, these things are everywhere. That's cool. But at the same time, I'm kind of thinking like, what if there was another house on the outskirts of town that you got to see completely mobbed by these spiders earlier yeah. on. So you know the true threat of like oh shit, if there's an egg sac in the basement, you're fucking done. Like this whole yeah. family got wiped out and the whole house is covered in webs or some crazy shit, you know? Uh but throughout the movie it's just kind of like one or two at a time. Here's one there, here's one there and I don't know, man. It's like it's effective in the in the fact that in your everyday life you come across a spider or two, so you can relate to it, but I don't know if it cinematically drives up the danger.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think uh, there are so many ways they could have more effectively used the spiders to actually create fear in people who aren't even particularly afraid of spiders. Because mm-hmm. it, 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 this spider we're being presented with has a particularly strong venom. It's, it's a killer. So what we're seeing is a silent killer killing. There are scenes where I thought they kind of effectively did that with, like, the spider in the lampshade that kills the the first lady, Margaret. Yeah. I thought that was good. I thought they did a good job of, like, setting up the anticipation of this, like, silent killer and, like, us watching her, like, touching areas where it is. And they do that a few other times. But it just, it never increases the tension to the level you want, which is exactly, like, what you're saying. If we saw a house overrun earlier like to see the potential they can have like that. That's that then sets up the danger for the rest of the movie instead of that being the only danger.
0: And I get it because at the time that this is being made and stuff, you know, this is like right before stuff would be being done with really shit CGI. Yeah. If this movie would have been made in 1995, it would would have been all garbage CG and it would be (laughs) fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, So it's like, I get it. They had to kind of save all the spiders for that one scene at the very end of the movie, which is a great payoff. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's like, I feel like if this was remade, you know, if this was one of those ones that gets granted a remake, there's ways that it could be done better. And at the end of the day, I also know it would end up being way worse because it would just be... 100% 100% CG like they yeah. wouldn't use real spiders for any of this shit no
1: they wouldn't and you, you and it just would can't. really take you out of the danger yeah I, I have not seen a good uh, rendering of a, a CG spider that really works right yeah. like
0: none of them are really like really getting into that tactile thing where you nah. can yeah. feel the nasty hairs on their legs crawling across it yeah, Ugh, I exactly. fucking hate those things I would love Ugh.
1: to see uh, at, like hr giger's interpretation of spiders like if if he were still alive and he had him work on arachnophobia with anybody i would love to see the result
0: yeah no doubt although i will say the effects in this as we said are mainly real spiders and stuff but there are some robotic ones and there are some like fun things that they did like i love those those close-up shots where you see like the eyes on the spider and stuff Uh uh-huh Watching shit like those shots look really good. There's not really a lot of effects in this that took me out. I mean, there's a few spots where you can definitely tell, okay, that's a mechanical spider or a puppet or whatever. They had a few puppet shots in there, Mm. but it's not bad. It's still better than if I saw something that was obviously CGI and not scary whatsoever. I don't really have any complaints about the effects.
1: No, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it looks good. There were only a couple times where I could see like. Actually, there was only one time where I could see a string that they did not effectively hide as a web, mm-hmm. where it was like you could see the knot in the string. That was the yeah. shower scene. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Apparently, some of those, they would, like, lightly gas the spiders to, like, make them yeah. sleep yeah. and then tie apparatuses to them for shots like that. Yeah. They were totally okay, though. Like I said, none of them died or anything. Right.
1: Um. So I, you know... Uh, Aside from that, though, yeah, it, it, the use of spiders and, and the um, the animatronic spider, they all look good. I I don't have I any so. problems with that. And I would like to have seen maybe a little bit more like Gremlin style grossness, like yeah, more totally. like too. exploding gross spider stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, again, as we said, it's a Dis- Disney's first attempt at a horror film and it's obviously really trying to mellow out any sort of true like frightening moments and it it does that successfully.
0: It does, man. Although the best special effects shot in the movie is when that cat steals that piece of bread off that sandwich. I was <laughs>
1: stunned. Yeah. That shot was amazing. Yeah, why did it go for the bread, you wonder?
0: I don't know. Not really <laughs> sure about that well-trained cat i'll tell you that i will say on like a positive note i do think the ending of the movie like the the last 30 minutes or so i think are
1: very effective like at that point on a roll there and kind of works. yeah
0: yeah because like at that point i was already pretty fucking bored by this movie frankly and even at the end of the movie like i was like reawakened like oh shit like these things are fucking everywhere they're coming out of the drains they're coming down the walls they're you know, coming down on their webs and stuff. Like, I was actually pretty gripped at the end of the movie. Again, partially because I hate spiders, so it's like yeah. I'm automatically going to be more affected by it than some people. You know, it's like, well, you don't even have to film it well. I will be scared of the spiders right, that are on screen. There are because there spiders yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. I don't like them. <laughs> but I do think the end of the movie is very, very good. Yeah. So much of the rest of the stuff is just so slow, though.
1: Yeah, it is. It's too slow. If it got there more quickly, uh, you know, again, if, uh, if Jeff Daniels wasn't the focus or if you want him to be the focus, make him the entomologist, uh, character. And then, you know, as you said, like, yeah, show us the danger earlier. Like what is the true, uh, like extent of their destruction? Um, yeah totally yeah th- this this could definitely be a lot better i i do like that they move back to san francisco and then immediately get hit with another natural occurrence uh an earthquake which, yeah uh, I, I like that where there's yeah.
0: like there's no beating nature like man yeah. versus nature like well nature always wins you yeah. can't escape from it i do think that was a, a fun ending i enjoyed that as well yeah
1: and um there is the through line about the chateau. Like when they're unpacking the stuff, the guy, you know, he tells them to be careful with it, to not mix up the sediment or whatever. And then like later when he's throwing the bottles, like he, he says not the chateau and then they're going to drink it (laughs) right there. And then they go to check on the kids. Like right before they get to drink it, there's the earthquake. They go to check on the kids and then an aftershock knocks over the wine glasses. So there's like, There's like this little sort of funny bit about the Chateau going on, but it's like, again, that's just like, it's so mild, such a mild thing that like never gets, there's no like counter to it. We need some extremes so that the mild stuff is funnier. Like, yeah, you can have sort of like mild, dry humor that then really hits. Like I would say a huge amount of Tucker and Dale versus evil is pretty mild, tepid reactions to stuff. And that's why it's funny. True. Like, yeah. Hey, college kids, we got your friend. Like it's, it's hilarious because of just how like mild the statement is to them. But then like the, the, the context makes it like frightening and scary to the, the kids. So like, I just think that like, yeah, this could have been improved so much by just embracing the absurdity of a a bunch of spiders taking over a town
0: yeah i agree it's like you didn't have to have the huge long setup to describe how no. they got there you didn't have to ground the spiders in reality no. le- yet make their psychology co- completely <laughs> yeah, be unrealistic no like sense. it's like you said i wish they would have just really cashed in on on going all out with this mm-hmm. uh soundtrack humor horror gore everything i just yeah, really just wish it would have been amped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I know that a lot of people love this movie. Like, I think that we're kind of in the minority, especially for our age group, because I know a lot of people that watched this when they were kids and it scared the shit out of them yeah. and they were allowed to go see it as kids because it wasn't rated R. Right. So it's probably like a lot of people's first horror movie when they were five or six years old and they remember it fondly. But again, I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I watched no. it as an adult, so I, I don't have the nostalgia. just
1: didn't get into it. But uh, yeah i yeah i can see people having a nostalgic connection to it it it's definitely like mild enough that it would never get scary like too scary that it would make you want to not see it again like that's kind of when you're dealing with kids and like uh you know mild soft horror things like hocus pocus or whatever like you gotta you gotta like Make them feel a little bit of that, like titillating fear, but also it's got to be safe. And so, yeah. arachnophobia is aiming for that. And as an adult, that just doesn't work. Like, I'm just not interested in that.
0: Yeah. And you can kind of tell from some of the press and stuff that they really thought that they were super onto something here. Like, they dubbed yeah. it like a fucking uh, thrill omity or some shit like that. I was like, come the fuck, man. And, like, one of the taglines for the movie was so fucking stupid. It was, like, the fun of Back to the Future plus the suspense of Alien. And it's, like, wow, wow, you guys thought highly of this.
1: (laughs) Holy shit, man. What are (laughs) close. What
0: are you talking about?
1: So the person who saw that was, like, I watched Back to the Future. I think that was, like, mildly fun, right? So it's like that. (laughs) It's kind of. Yeah, it's about the
0: same, I guess.
1: (laughs) It's ridiculous. All right i love that you brought that up though i didn't read that that's insane that's that's yeah
0: terrible terrible man but you know i will you know from here on out continually go back to that outro song by by jimmy buffett i think that's a new favorite now don't bug me or whatever it's called Don't
1: bug me or mug me mug me (laughs) mug me how do you i I stick up bugs very often give me everything you got i'm broke (laughs) all
0: right move on
1: here's my spider cash (laughs) <laughs> oh my spider bucks
0: <laughs> but i'll tell you what what you don't know though is that yeah, you know, the song that we got at the end is infinitely better than the first draft that he turned in which okay. was okay cheese spider in paradise <laughs> <laughs> oh god
1: oh cheese spider oh. <laughs> Cause that makes me immediately that. think of biting into a spider and ugh, ugh, ugh. Ugh, uh, vomits. Yep.
0: Yeah. So if it's not clear, didn't love this no, one, you, not a big you got a number you'd, uh, you'd put these, oh, these eight legged things on, on a Ooh, scale of buddy. one to 10.
1: I mean, it's not a fun watch for me. It doesn't. It's long too. It, yeah. It's long. It doesn't actually make me, uh, laugh much. Uh, And the bits that do make me laugh, like I could think of a million other things I could watch that would make me laugh more and be, you
0: could probably find a YouTube video of just John Goodman scenes on YouTube. That's about two and a half minutes long and be like, and that's exactly what
1: you need to see. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan. I, I don't think that it, um, I don't think it's for me, but, uh, i'm i'm judging it right now and by judging it i'm gonna I'm say like, like a two and two two and a half maybe two it's a two yeah it's a bad I get it but i i there have been worse movies that i would give a higher score because they're entertaining this just yeah, totally. doesn't ever lean that way
0: Yeah, it's never, like, bad enough to be funny bad or, like, campy bad. Yeah, it's just competent.
1: It's, like, competently bad. And it's like, well, that's no fun for anybody.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. It's, like, it's just so long and so dry and so dull in some parts that I don't really have much of a desire to watch this again anytime soon. It's, like, 90s as fuck. It's so (laughs) fucking early 90s. (laughs) It is that it gets like a little bit of a nostalgia
1: bump for yeah, me that's cool I like that bit
0: and again John Goodman is fantastic in this uh he's the king dude John Goodman yeah, can fucking improve it. any movie and but at the same time imagine without John Goodman this how movie, fucking droll yeah. this movie would be yeah you know? I
1: mean you could have brought in somebody else that would have tried to to hit that silly level maybe but you know I just don't see anybody but John Goodman doing it and nobody. No. Yeah. Nobody could have brought as much life to a kind of lifeless movie as John Goodman did.
0: Yeah. He overachieved in yeah. this, uh, for sure by mile. But you know, like I said, I'll give it a little bit higher rating than you because I am just naturally a little yeah. bit more scared of spiders. So there sense. were definitely scenes in this that I was going, uh like it was effective in that way. Mm-hmm. uh. So there were scenes in here that definitely had me squirming, but I'm just gonna sell like a three and a half. Yeah, you know? that's fair. I think that's pretty fair to yeah. me. But I know that's not going to be a popular opinion. So, eh. you guys, be sure to let us know your opinions about it on the Facebook and Instagram groups and everywhere else that we hang. Yeah, we yeah hang f- it all, uh, all over the place. We
1: got uh, facebook.com dot forward slash Dead and Lovely uh, and at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got a Discord. I post the Discord link every Friday. All over the place. Uh, What else we got? Um, I don't know.
0: We got a place where you can
1: contribute movies that you're
0: going to cover on the show in the future for
1: dollar paper. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. If you become a a, a, a patron at any level, you get our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes that we release. And uh, if you become a $5 patron, you get to submit a movie to the smoke and bowl over here from Mm -hmm. which we then draw and then we cover that movie at the end of the month but this month January, we've been covering those submissions all damn month i mean it's the second episode but all damn month
0: all month so far that's for damn sure mm-hmm.
1: so head on and over so there become a, a patron
0: that's right give us some dollar papers and give us some reviews for free on the apple podcast and yeah. anywhere else you can review a podcast seriously it really does help us out it a ton. does it does uh go in there and drop your boys a review it would help us out a lot and be sure to tune in next week on the show we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about another fanuary pick what are we doing yeah. next week
1: steve we are going to be talking about young frankenstein which my wife picked it for her birthday and hmm. she's one of our biggest fans.
0: Wow. Yeah. How nice. How sweet. I'll tell you what though. This is going to be kind of a weird one for us to review because I mean, I like the movie and all that stuff, but we're going to be talking about Young Frankenstein, which is my favorite SoundCloud rapper. It's a mm, little bit of a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mhm.
0: It's going to be kind of some new turf for us. I'm not really quite sure how we're going to you know.
1: D- doesn't do he have that. that one where he's like uh, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, uh. yeah and then the chorus is like fire uh, fire, fire uh. Uh.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. tune
0: in next week we'll be talking about young frankenstein our favorite soundcloud rapper. Yeah. it's gonna be a fun old episode because i love that movie yeah me
1: too I haven't seen it in a couple of years uh excited to talk about oh, man. it it's gonna be, also, it's gotta be the only
0: mel brooks we can do uh,
1: yeah I would say, yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting talking about Mel Brooks-style humor and trying to break it down. I don't know. Like, what, yeah, right? What do you say? It's funny. If you don't get it, uh, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. So, spoilers for the next episode. You just heard the whole episode, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so be sure to tune in then. Hope everybody out there is doing well, staying happy, healthy, and wealthy, and still washing your fucking hands. There's a goddamn global pandemic out there. That's true. Wear a fucking mask. Quit being a little bitch about it, man. Yeah. Give me a break.
1: Yeah. Put put on your mask. Um. Turn into that uh that green headed guy and say smoking. Is that? I think that's how it happened? works.
0: Yes. That happens every yes. time I do
1: it. And then your eyes bulge out and, like, woo, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's and then exactly you date how. Or Cameron it Diaz or whatever.
0: Yeah, it happens. You know.
1: <laughs> I don't remember the mask <laughs> that well.
0: <laughs> I don't either. It's actually been a while since I saw that. I bet it doesn't hold up very I well.
1: I feel like it probably doesn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably not. But anyway, tune in next week. You guys have been fantastic. We have been dead and lovely. We'll be catching you guys soon.
2: My bye
1: seltzer here oh
0: man i had a crack yeah
1: is that some uh some
0: spicy water
1: some that spicy water Mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking about so do you think that there is an old person out there who like they 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 are so like anti-spice mm-hmm. that if they they took a drink of seltzer water uh, their their brain would explode <laughs> It's Just like hot. too much. It's, it's cold too much. and it's hot. <laughs> oh, it burns. It freezes. Yeah, they'd go full fucking on there. that thing.
0: That's yeah. kind of a weird Golem. I can't lie, yeah, it's awkward. Uh, it burns. It burns. I'm golem and burn. <laughs> that's a good Golem impression right there. Thanks. Yeah, that's like my my Chewbacca.
2: I'm Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a Chewbacca man. Oh. I'm so my the Frog.
0: Dog. this
1: is my impression <laughs> that's a pretty good one too i think yeah that one actually was really good yeah very accurate. hey everybody it's me bill clinton <laughs> i did not have sexual relations with that woman <laughs> you sound just like him it's amazing
0: <laughs> i know i'm the queen of england
1: holy good shit day. your majesty uh uh-huh, that's oh right my See, God. You,
0: you really thought it was her there for a second didn't
1: you I did, and I immediately uh, uh, became stricken with uh, a fear that the queen would sick her corgis on me. (laughs) And
0: colonize you.
1: Yeah, and colonize me.
0: (laughs) These things happen, man. They do happen. (laughs) Ben and Steve, masters of disguise. It does.